Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Today we want to start on a new series. And uh, thank you so much for giving me an opportunity to take a break from teaching and whatnot. It's been five weeks now, so that's been really very, very good. Even though I was here, uh, we had other teachers, so that's been excellent. Uh, we have so, so many great teachers. Uh, but the series is entitled Acquire Wisdom. Acquire Wisdom. The series title is If I Had Only Known. If I Had Only Known. And I don't know about you, but have you ever heard somebody say, hindsight is clearer than foresight? Matter of fact, some people say hindsight is 2020. Have you ever looked back on your life at any time and said, if I had only known it was going to turn out this way, I would have not made that decision? No, I, I, I have. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Have you ever not uh, taken advice from somebody for whatever reason, uh, you just didn't take the advice? Uh, you might have been too involved or whatever the situation might have been, passionate about this particular thing or whatever. You didn't take the advice, but later on you said, boy, I wish I had taken that advice. Well, today we want to start this series, and I believe that if you will really listen and you, you will just seek and, 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 and listen and understand what God wants to say to us today from his word, I believe that we can not look back from this point on and say, if I had only known. Also, I want to live this day, this present time, in such a way that in the future, I will have no regrets. No regrets. Because sometimes, if you, if you know what the scripture says, even though I don't think I have any regrets, about something, on that day when I stand before him and, and he's, going to, uh, he's going to share with me everything, everything that I've done, everything that I've said is going to be in the book, I think that probably I'm going to say, oh my goodness, if I'd only known. Because I didn't know. Because some things that we do are good things. And, and they, they are, they're just not God things. But they're, not, they're good things. They're not, they're not bad at all. They, they, uh, in, you can tell the world about what you're doing, and it's, it, it's fine. But it might not be God. I want God things. That's what I want. And I think that's what Jesus, you, you, you want to be like Jesus. That's what he wants, and that's what he wants us to have for him, because we want to be just like him. Well, let's look at it from another standpoint. If I were to say wisdom is the principal thing, wisdom, acquire wisdom, which is the title, acquire wisdom, is something that you have heard before many times about wisdom. Many of you read Proverbs, many of you studied, memorized it, and all those type of things, but it's not just the hearing of the word that we're justified, it's the doing of the word. 
and we're justified. So when we're going to acquire wisdom, I was looking at some of the different definitions for biblical definitions for wisdom, and, and there are different Hebrew words for wisdom. There are different words in, in, in Greek for wisdom also. I want to just mention two. One is to carry out right principles in a craft, like a skill, like a profession, a craft. Or it can be moral living by right principles as it reflect to God's character. That's one wisdom. Another type of wisdom focuses on your understanding, your discernment, your insight that you would have in addition to distinguishing between things. That's a different type of wisdom. Wisdom comes in many different ways. I'm going to just mention a couple and talk about two. One of those ways is by just life experiences. You know, if you live long enough, you're supposed to have some wisdom about something if you live long enough. And I would say that's true in most cases. But in some cases, I don't think that's true. (laughs) But I know that just life experiences will give you something that you can say, hey, I've done that, I've been there, don't do that. And that's why you need uh, gray hairs, that's why you need all different uh, people in a, a, a family. You need grandparents, you need parents, you need sisters, aunts and all, you need everybody in there. And in a church you need, you just don't need a church where, where just everybody is young. That would be sad, wouldn't it? Because some, they, they haven't lived long enough to have enough wisdom in some areas, and you can draw from the wisdom of the elderly. Is that correct? All oh, the elders say amen. <laughs> Young people say, oh, no. <laughs> well, also, you get wisdom. Wisdom comes with humility. Would you agree with that? It comes with humility. That's scripture. Also, God imparts wisdom to the heart. He imparts wisdom to the heart of people. If you, if you remember scripture, you know that's true. When they were building the tabernacle and later the temple, God gave wisdom that's that, that understanding, that's the discernment uh, and skill and, and, and things like that. He gave wisdom to certain people to do the work of the tabernacle. How in the world? I can't even picture uh, the lampstand. I can't even picture it being hammered out of one piece of gold with all the intricacies of it. If, you, if you're seeing the, the lampstand in the, a picture of the temple, you know it's elaborate. It has bulbs, it has flowers, it has, has you know, uh, three parts on this side, three parts on the other. Out of one piece of gold, but God says that I have given you, Moses, uh, this person who I have gifted with the skill and understanding to do this work. God gives that. 
I can't even picture building an ark. Can you? And you, you just think of it now. You have, you have Noah, his three sons, and they have to build this big ark that's going to house their wives and also going to house all the animals that God uh, sends there. And they have to provide a vessel that's going to stay afloat for a year. A year. Do you know that the ark was, was it, it was a year from the time they went in to the year they got out of that ark. It was a year. I can't picture building an ark that can, that can stay on the water a year without modern technology. But God gave them wisdom to do that. Even Moses, he said, I want you to build a tabernacle according to the heavenly pattern. So God gives wisdom. He gives wisdom. Let's look at Job. That's a good place to start. Job chapter 28, verse 12. Let's look there. In, in, in this, we, we're talking about wisdom now. Because remember, the title was Acquire Wisdom. Because I believe with wisdom, we're going to not have any regrets in the decisions that we make in the present. But where can wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? Man does not know his value, nor is it found in the land of the living. The deep says, it is not in me. The sea says, it is not with me. Pure gold cannot be given in exchange for it, nor can silver be weighed in its, as its place. In verse 20 it says, Where then does wisdom come from? And where is the place of understanding? Thus it is hidden from the eyes of all living and concealed from the birds of the sky. Abaddon in death says, With our ears we have heard a report of it, God understands his way and he knows his place, for he looks to the ends of the earth and sees everything under the heavens when he imparted weight to the wind Woo. and meted out the waters by measure when he set a limit for the rain and a course for the thunderbolt. Then he saw it and declared it. He established it and also searched it out. And, he, and, and to man he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. So if, I, if the title of the message is Acquire Wisdom, if it's a t- Acquire Wisdom, God says through Job, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. Meaning the reverence of the Lord. To reverence the Lord, that's wisdom. If I want wisdom, I cannot have godly wisdom without reverence the Lord. Can't have it. Godly wisdom. I can have worldly wisdom. I can't have godly wisdom without reverence the Lord. And it says, and to depart from evil is understanding. And those, those are just, uh, just something from Job. Let's go to Psalm 111.10. Let's go there. 
and we'll probably see a little bit more about wisdom in verse 10. It tells us that the fear of the Lord, meaning the reverence of the Lord, is the beginning of wisdom. In, in other words, the principal part of wisdom is the foundation of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments. So we're getting to doing the commandments of the Lord. I believe that when we reverence the Lord, it means to follow in his ways. Follow in God's ways. I believe that doing the word of God is reverence the Lord. I don't think I can reverence the Lord. I know I can't reverence the Lord without obeying the Lord. Obedience is part of reverence the Lord. If I don't, if I don't reverence a person, if I don't honor a person, then I won't obey him. And you've seen people that don't honor their parents. When they don't honor their parents, they don't obey their parents. See, God wants us to reverence him, meaning he wants us to obey him. That's gaining wisdom. You cannot have wisdom without obedience to what God tells us to do. It's impossible. And remember, we're talking about acquiring wisdom so that we won't say in the future, if I'd only known, I would not have done that back then. We want to live a life that's without regrets. That's what we want to do. And I think the, the young people here today that, that's in, in college, I think the teenagers, I think the middle age, the old age, and the whatever, I believe we all want to live today in such a way that we won't have regrets in the future. We don't want to do that. But it takes wisdom to do that. That's, just, that's what I'm laying today. The foundation of the two-part message is that without wisdom, we all make mistakes. We all make mistakes. We have to make mistakes without godly wisdom. Impossible not to make mistakes if we don't follow godly wisdom. Now let's go just a little bit further here. If I say, well, I understand that, but... I want to know a little bit more about this thing. How can really I gain the wisdom that I really need? Because if I just listen to you, you say gain wisdom. How am I going to gain that wisdom? You said by obedience to the Lord. You said by uh, gaining experience. Well, I, I'm not old right now, so that means that I can. that's out of the way. If God doesn't give me, uh, wisdom, that's gone. So the only way I'm going to get it is reverence to the Lord. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Reverence to the Lord. Let's talk about the acquisition of this wisdom. Let's go to Proverbs chapter uh, t- let's go to chapter 4 and we'll go to verse 1. It says, Hear, O sons, the instructions of a father and give attention to uh, give attention that you may gain understanding. Understanding is very important. Knowledge is good. Understanding is better. You've got to have understanding with knowledge. 
for I give you sound teaching. Do not abandon, abandon my instruction. When I was a son to my father and tender and only son in the sight of my mother, then he taught me and said to me, so now we're with the grandparents, let your heart hold fast to my words. Keep my commandments and live. Listen to what he tells him. Acquire wisdom. Acquire understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will guard you. So wisdom is coming. They're personifying wisdom. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom, that means the, the genesis of wisdom, the beginning of wisdom, here it is. If we want to have wisdom, the principal part, the beginning of it is two words. What is it? Acquire wisdom. Now, why would a person say that? Why would a person say, well, the beginning of wisdom the principal part of wisdom, the genesis of wisdom, is to acquire wisdom. That doesn't make sense. But he's trying to emphasize how important wisdom is. That's what, that's, that's, that's what the, the wisdom, Solomon, David, that's what they are, they are trying to do. The ones who write Proverbs, the wisdom book, is saying wisdom is the most important thing. But, with all your acquiring, get understanding. Get understanding. I said, wow. Wow. This is, uh, let's go to verse 13. This is important. It says, take hold of instruction and do not let it go. Do you know that, that a lot of people don't want to be told what to do? A lot of people don't want to be instructed. It is very interesting that a lot of people think that you're going to learn something without being instructed. They think, I think they think that, well, I just do it with trial and error. It's like the people who, I said, well, how did you learn how to do computers? They said, well, just tinkering with it. I just do the dollar with it here, do the dollar with it over there, you know, and I just learn. And as you get older, I think, I know when I was young, I did not want to be instructed. It sounds, it sounds really silly, but that's, that's the way I was. I didn't want to be instructed. I thought I knew a lot of things. And I know we don't have young people like that today. I know it's not like that young. When I was teaching in uh, junior high school, I could, I, 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 we came to, you know, sometimes in the teacher's lounge, all those type of things, and the coaches, uh, back in the coach's office, we said, junior hires are the worst age that you possibly can have with people who think they know everything. It's interesting. It's interesting. They just got out of elementary school. <laughs> Don't even have their license. <laughs> if they... If they if they like a girl, they're going to have to ride a bicycle to go pick them up, you know. And, and they think they know everything. 
I really thought that until I taught high school. <laughs> I said, whoa, I understand what my teachers, how they thought about me and my coach thought about me. But I'm glad that we don't have uh, any high school students in here like that. And I'm glad that we have students who came to college to be instructed. You just love to be instructed. I'm glad for the college students who, after they're instructed in, in college, they, they, they'll come to the church and say, hey, uh, what can I get involved in? Teach me how to do something. I want to learn something. I'm here in college to learn, so teach me what you know. Wouldn't that be so great? Aren't, aren't college students like that? They just, they just want to learn something because they're, they're late at that stage where they're not in junior high, they're not in high school now. They're now 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, and on up, right? are different ages depending on when you, when you start to get education. Uh, but they want to learn. They want to learn. And thankfully, we have, we have adults in this, in this congregation who they love to learn. You, you say, hey, uh, we're going to have an, uh, an instruction time on this, and they, they just flock to it. Is that right? No. <laughs> no. But the college students are like that. I'm, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Hold, take hold of instruction. Do not let it go. Guard her, for she is your life. That's pretty, pretty serious, isn't it? That's what, that's what God said about instruction. Isn't that verse 20? My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my saying. Do not let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them. They are health to all their body. Watch over your heart with all diligence. For from it flow the springs of life. You know, your, your mind, your will, your emotions. If the enemy can get your mind, he has you and me. We have to guard our heart, which is our mind, our will, our emotions. Our, we we got to guard it. We got to watch it because it says that put away from you a deceitful mouth. Put the devious speech from you. Let your eyes look directly ahead. Let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you. Watch the path of your feet. In other words, he's saying that your heart is very important. Watch where you go. Watch what you watch. Watch what you, how you talk. Watch what you listen to. That is very important to guarding your heart because the enemy wants to get your heart. Let me tell you, let me tell you today... The, 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 the only reason why we will say, I, I wish I would not have made the decision I made way back then. If I could go back and do it again, I would change that decision. The only way we, we, we're doing that is because we have an enemy. We have an adversary called the devil. We have a world system. We have a, a natural tendency, which I call the flesh, that will, that, that will go away from God's word. Because it doesn't flow upstream, it flows downstream, these things. The only way that I can say that is because I gave in to the adversary, to the world system, to my flesh. 
and you did too at one time or another. If you, if you say, hey, I wish I would have made a different decision. And I know we all have been that way. God is trying to tell us today is that there is a way that you can live without regrets. There is a way. Do you know that, that Jesus, and we want to be like Jesus, Jesus lived a life that he did not have any regrets. Would that be true? That would be true. That would be true. Now, you say, well, but he was God. Yeah, but he was all man. Yes, he was all God. But he didn't draw from his deity to, uh, otherwise, it wouldn't tell us that we should be like him, would it? Let's turn to 1 John and, and see what I'm talking about. In 1 John chapter 2, I think we're on verse 5, it tells us that, but whoever keeps his word, in him the love of God has truly been perfected. By this, we know that we are in him. Okay, by this, we know that we are in him, in Christ. The one who says he abides in him, in Christ, ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. Don't tell me that. Don't write that and say this is the word of God if I can't do it. Is that correct? If we can't walk in the same manner as Jesus walked when he was on earth, then why say it? Why say it? So obviously we can. Is that correct? Obviously we can. So if Jesus, when he walked the earth, if Jesus didn't have any regrets because of the way he walked in this earth, can we walk the same way? According to the word of God, we can. So how did he do it? How did Jesus do this? I know he said, he said one I always do that which pleases the Father. I know he said that. Let's look at Jesus. I believe that Jesus lived a life without regrets because he lived a life knowing, knowing. So can we live a life knowing? You said knowing what? Well, let's talk about three things. One of the things is that he knew who he was. See, some, some, some of us don't know who we are. And so we allow the enemy take, to take advantage of us because we don't know who we are. He didn't allow Satan to take advantage of him, did he? Because even when he was uh, taken to the wilderness uh, by the Spirit to be tempted, and after four days and four nights without uh, drinking and eating, then the devil came to him. And when, when, when the devil said, hey, if you're to be the Son of God, turn these rocks into bread. Now, he said the Word of God, didn't he? He just quoted the Word of God. Well, God says, 
Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out the mouth of the God. Out, out of God. In other words, you're not going to get him to do something in the present that he's going to regret in the future. Because he's going to be stayed on the word of God. Because he's going to do the word of God. That's what he's going to do. We can do the same thing. We can know who we are. He knew he was the son of God. He knew that. Do we know who we are? Do we know that we are, we are a peculiar person? Every one of you are, are, are not bad peculiar, but, but I mean, you are, I mean, you are just wonderfully made. Is that correct? Where does it say that at? Because if you, if you don't know the scripture, when the enemy tells you, oh, look at your nose, you know, you, you need to go get a nose job. You know, you need to, you need to fix your nose. You need to fix your ears because your ears stick out. And um, I tell you, in junior high school, that's all I, I used to get on the page. Stop picking at people. Stop talking about people because all they want to do is to is call people names. You know, you got big ears. You got, and, and, and the boys will pick on the girls and they pick on the boys. They, they, I mean, they just pick on people, man. And, and it's just ridiculous. Look at your legs. You got skinny legs. Yeah. They got all sorts of things. And, and if, you, if you, any of you have been around junior hires, and all of you have because you were a junior high one time if you went to school, uh, so you know what I'm talking about. And I, I'm telling you, you have to know who you are. You have to know that. You have to know that. There was a girl that, that, that uh, well, she was a cheerleader, actually, and, and and the boys used to pick on her because they said she had big lips. Now, can you imagine that? But that, that's what they did. They, they picked her because she, they said she had big lips. This is ridiculous. Ridiculous. They pick at you because of your hair, you know, uh, uh, because I had a convertible back then, and, and my hair wouldn't blow in the wind for some reason. So, you know... <laughs> Uh, they'll pick at me because my hair won't blow in the wind. Their hair blows in the wind. Well, yeah, I don't know. Uh, have you ever been picked at before? Come on. Have you ever? I'm the only one. I'm the only one been picked on. My goodness gracious, boy. What school did y'all go to? Oh, you went to a Christian school and everybody, <laughs> everybody was a Christian. Yeah. He knew who he was. Psalm 139. Let's go there. 14. <coughs> Excuse me. Psalm 139, 14. It says, I give, I will give thanks to you for, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works and my soul knows it very well. Do you know that you are wonderfully made? I don't care whether you have skinny legs. I don't care whether you, uh, I don't care about your size, you know, because, you know, society now tell you that, oh, man, if you don't wear a size, if you're a woman, don't wear a size five or six or something, you know, you're overweight. You know, I don't know where they got that from. 
I know it ain't what I want. And when I looked in the mirror this morning, my chest used to be, you know, I don't know what happened to this thing. Uh, but, you know, I don't have any six-pack anymore. I don't think I ever had one, really, to tell you the truth. Uh, but, but I can say I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Don't compare me to this athlete. Don't compare me to somebody uh, else. You compare me to what God made me. So anything you say about me, it really doesn't compute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's, it's sometimes a surprise to some people because they don't look in, on the Internet, and, you know, on our website and go to the staff and, 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 and see who the pastor is. There, there come. And uh, sometimes I tell people, oh, you know, uh, I hope you enjoy the speaker. Uh, sometimes he's not that good, but, you know, <laughs> and um, because they don't know, uh, I'm. Thank you for listening to, to this message from Pastor Taylor yeah, and Cornerstone they Community they Church. Don't know that. We are located so, in Lynchburg, Virginia, at 525 uh, Old Gravesville Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com. I mean, you know, contact us by email cornerstonecom at comcast.net or call but us God at 434 and we pray the made. Lord bless you and keep that you. Means the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. My parents, the Lord lift up his countenance on bring you me and give you peace. Elizabeth and Willa Bala. Willa and Elizabeth do. And Willa Bala, they were two different last names because they weren't married. But he decided to do that. I didn't decide to do that. No. Would you have decided to come through your parents' problem? You said, well, how much money do they have? Yeah. No, really. So you have to know who you are. Jesus was not, Jesus was not this handsome somebody that, that all the women said, oh, Jesus wasn't like that. Not when I read the scripture, because the scripture said that he was, he, he was not, you know, uh, he, he was not anything to look at to say he was all oh, this. This is in, in, in the Old Testament. Right? So that means that God didn't make Jesus so that he was a type of person that the, all the women wanted to be around Jesus because of his looks. But I tell you what, everybody wanted to be around Jesus because what he had on the inside of him. That's why people want to be around you, because of what's on the inside of you. Jesus knew who he was. Do you know who you are? Jesus also didn't try to please everybody. It might come as a shock to you. He didn't try to please everybody. And we have people with personalities where they try to please people because they want to be liked. And young people uh, really try to do that a lot of times. They, 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 they want to be around with this group because this group is, is a fun group. It's a group in the know. So they want to go along 
with whatever they're doing so they can get along with them. And Jesus was not like that. He was not like that. He wasn't. Uh, let's go through one. This, I had two verses. Let's go through one. Let's go to John, this Gospel of John, chapter 2. Let's go there, verse, I think, 23. And we'll see just one case where, of what I'm talking about. In verse 23, it says, Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast, many believed in his name, observing the signs which he was doing. But Jesus, on his part, was not entrusting himself to them, for he knew all men. And because he did not need anyone to testify concerning man or concerning himself, for he himself knew what was in man. Do you, do, you, do you know that you can have friends today and next year they won't be your friends? I mean, it's just one of those things. You know, people come and go. I know when I was in, in, in high school, I wanted to be uh, like my cousin. I wanted to be around him all the time. He was a quarterback of the team. I wanted to be like him. All the girls liked him and everything. He, he was just a cool dude. And, and I tried to hang out with him a lot of times because I was not comfortable with who I was. I wanted to be like somebody else. But not realizing that all, all people have flaws. Jesus knew what was in man. Man does not have the capability to be faithful like God is faithful. God is faithful. He's faithful. He says a faithful man who can find. You see? God lived a life like that. He really did. Another example, another way that Jesus walked a walk which without regrets, is that Jesus knew his purpose. He knew his purpose. Now, it's very interesting now because I, I was meditating on this this morning. I said, he knew his purpose. We know our purpose. Uh, you know, we, we know we're supposed to glorify God and things like that. Uh, uh, but uh, and sometimes our purpose hasn't been revealed to us fully. Uh, so we know some of our, our purpose. But let's listen to this. Jesus, you remember at, at the wedding of Canaan? You, you remember the story uh, when the first miracle, that was the first miracle Jesus did at the wedding of Canaan. Well, did Jesus want to do this? Was, he, was it really his time to perform a miracle? I was meditating on it and... and um, I really wasn't even thinking about that example of anything, but it just popped in my mind that we have to learn to make decisions based on the word of God because we know our purpose. We know our purpose. See, Jesus knew his purpose was to glorify God, the Father. He knew he was to glorify the Father. We know that we're supposed to glorify God. Is that correct? Correct. 
We're supposed to glorify God. Well, how did you do it? How does Jesus do that? Why do we make decisions sometimes that we have regrets when we all want to glorify God? Well, the thought came to me. Let's take an example of the wedding of Adam. He, he said that, you know why he did that miracle? Because he told his mother, said, hey, hey, Jesus, look, they have run out of wine. And he said, well, woman, what's that to me? I was just invited to the wedding like, you know, I'm just improvising now. Well, I invited to the wedding like you. I mean, I mean, he's the one that should have spent more money than you, man. I mean, hey, you know, try to be cheap and don't, don't get much wine, you know, and invite all these, these people who drink a lot. Hey, you know, what, what, what is it to me? Right? My time has not come. Didn't he say that? My time has not come. Well, why did she say, his mother, she ignored him. Can you believe your mama ignoring you? It's not my time. What have I had to do with this thing? She turns, turns away from him. Hey, servant, whatever he tells you to do, do it. What does she know about her son making decisions that he won't have any regrets for later on when he already said, it's not my time. If it were not his time, why did he do it? Because he said, I always do that which pleases the Father. Why did he do it? Isn't the scripture that says in, in, in the Gospel of John, I always do that which pleases the Father. Well, then, if it wasn't his time, why did he do it? See, that when, as I meditated, the word came to me, because he knew the word of God. Do you know that one of the, the, the people try to catch him and somebody say, oh, which is the greatest commandment of the law? What do you say? To love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, right? And, and, and the second one is likened like to that, to love your neighbor as yourself, right? Well, another scripture says, if you love God, you love his children. Right? If I love you, I love your children. You say, well, I love you, but I don't love your children. Because your children, they're, they're, they're kind of rebellious, you know. Aren't we kind of rebellious as children of God? Haven't we been kind of rebellious? Israel is definitely rebellious. God loves them, though, doesn't he? He loves us, doesn't he? When you love God, you love the children of God. And so, if you're going to love somebody, if, if now, if, 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 if Jesus is going to follow the word of God, says, it's another scripture, says, whatever you want people to do to you, you do that to them. Right? Whatever you want people to do for you, do that to them. This is the law and the prophets. It says that also in the scripture. Well, this man was out of wine, embarrassed. People kind of wondering, well, we don't have no more wine. What, what, what's up? What would God, what would bring glory to God? With, with the, it, 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 what would bring glory to God? What would, how would Jesus want somebody to treat him if he ran out of wine? 
How would he want to treat him? How would you want somebody to treat you? Would you say, well, tough. You should have planned better. Right? No. God doesn't do that, do that with us, does he? So, I believe that that's the reason he performed the miracle when it was in his time because he wanted to glorify the Father. He wanted to treat people and love his neighbor just like himself. He wanted to follow the word of God because God didn't say after that, oh, you know, everything you did was perfect except for when you turned that water into wine. He didn't say that, did he? So obviously, God was pleased. God will be pleased with us if we understand that our purpose is to glorify him. Our purpose is to love people. Love God, number one, but love people. And loving people means sometimes doing things that you don't want to do for the sake of helping that person to overcome whatever they may be going through, that they have a need for you. And sometimes we don't want to do that. We want to please ourselves later for the person who needs us. We're going to, you know, do our thing. And Jesus said, no, 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 that doesn't glorify me. Because I sent my only begotten son. He died when you were yet sinners. I expect you to do the same thing. God lived a life knowing. He knew who he was. He didn't try to please people. He knew his purpose. And I believe that we can do the same thing and live a life without regrets if we understand that we need to acquire wisdom. We need to acquire understanding. Next week, we're going to I'll go a little bit further in it because, oh, this is an awesome message for, for young people for next week. Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, and, and for the middle-aged people and for the older people, oh, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. I already know what it is. I already know what it is. And, and it, it, if I would have known, if I just would have known that what I'm going to teach next week, I would say, Wow. Ooh, I wouldn't have made some of the mistakes I made. Okay, let's stand. God is good, isn't he? He's good. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.